You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. All right, it's good to have everybody here this evening. I tell you what, I'm so excited to preach here tonight. I was supposed to preach last week and had the stomach flu really bad on uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and uh, just wasn't filling up to it. So um, I'm like really, really excited to preach tonight, and I appreciate you guys letting me do this. We're going to be in the book of James today, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. And I've preached on the book of James a lot. I would say I've preached on it like way more than all the other ones, but it's because it's such a great book and um, it just speaks to my heart a lot. And um, I do believe that the Lord gave me this message here tonight as well. And it's going to be in James chapter 1. We'll start on verse 18 there. James chapter 1, verse 18. All right. Um, let's see here. James chapter 1, 18. The Bible says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man, beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way. And straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to preach tonight. I just love you so much. I thank you for saving my soul, calling me to preach. Thank you so much for the victories that you've given me this week, Lord. I just praise your name for all the victories, all of the uh, power that you've given me, Lord, and help me realizing that uh, and responding to it, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, your grace, and um, bringing me into a church that I just love so much, and um, they just welcome me in, Lord. I thank you for that. I ask that you just please open up their hearts tonight for the message. Please speak through me. Lord, take away every ounce of selfishness, every ounce of of me whatsoever in this message, Lord, because I just want them to see you. I want to um, exalt you, Lord, and I just ask that you just um, work on their hearts and just please, please speak through me here tonight and help me glorify your name and all that I do. I say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, so with it being the new year, just about a week after the new year, um, I would say a lot of you probably have some goals in mind for 2019, some things that you want to accomplish, and um, I would say a lot of you, probably most of you, have some New Year's resolutions as well, right? You either have or had some New Year's <laughs> resolutions, um, and New Year's resolutions, they're a good thing, right? So we start off, they're meant to better ourselves for the new year, maybe have us live healthier or just benefit us in some way, bring out the best me that I can be in 2019 and they start off good but they kind of get a bad rap because we start off so confident so optimistic so gung-ho this is the gonna be the year that we accomplish this goal that we actually turn over a new leaf actually get things done but then within a couple weeks a couple months um, we have given up on the New Year's resolution and we've actually taken a step back further than where we were at before actually this Friday coming up is a quitters Friday 
where people, the majority of people who make New Year's resolutions end up giving up on their resolutions. So stay strong, stay um, fast on your goal in mind for 2019. But they get a bad rap because you start off so optimistic and gung-ho on that resolution, but then you give up on it after a couple of weeks. And the funny thing to me is we still try the same resolutions every single year, right? It's eating healthy, losing weight, exercising more, and every single year we give up. New Year comes, we're going to do it again. We're not changing anything. We're just saying, man, I'm going to be better this year. I'm going to rely on myself. I'm going to determine in my heart to do better this year, and I'm going to do it, by golly. Right? We do that every single year. That's our New Year's resolutions, and it's just the same path, the same uh, tradition, same routine every single year. But this year in 2019, you can keep your same New Year's resolutions, but instead of doing the same old, same old, I want to encourage you to make this your number one goal in 2019. This to be your number one resolution, and that is to realize the truth of his word and to respond to it. Amen. Serve the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul, and your might. Realize the truth of his word and respond to it because that brings out the best you that you can be in 2019. That's the whole reason why we do New Year's resolutions, to bring out the best me that I can be. But I'm telling you right now, if you serve the Lord with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your might, it will bring out the best you that you can be in 2019. We see that all throughout the scriptures. We see that all throughout Genesis to Revelation. And we see that right here in James chapter 1, verse 18. Look with me if you would. The Bible says, Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So that term, first fruits there, it might not mean a lot to us in the 21st century, but it meant a lot to the Jewish believers during that day. You see, first fruits had a special meaning to them. Because in the Old Testament, the Jews were required to give their first fruits to the Lord, their best to the Lord. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. You see there, they were supposed to give their first fruits to the Lord. And it wasn't just the first of their goods or the first of their harvest. No, what it was was the best of their goods, the best of the best that they had. That's what the Jews were supposed to do in the Old Testament. The, the best of their goods, the most prized possessions that they had, the number one thing that they had, the best of the best, the most excellence of their first fruits, that was supposed to go to the Lord. And that's a good application for us as Christians heading into 2019. Amen. We should be giving our first fruits to the Lord. We should be giving our best to the Lord. Our most excellent things to the Lord, giving our all, giving our best to the Lord in 2019 for the new year. But that is not what that verse is saying here in James chapter 1, verse 18. You see, it's not telling us to give our first fruits or to give our best to the Lord. No, what it's saying is, is that we, if we're saved by the grace of God, if we've called upon Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, if we're in the will of God, we are the kind of first fruits. Amen. It says that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. First fruits were the best of the best. They were most excellent. God is calling us right there a kind of first fruits. Yeah. You see, it's in reference to the new birth there. If we're saved by the grace of God, we're a new creature. And if we're following his will, we are a kind of first fruits. This is the Lord's will. We are most excellent. We are awesome. So not only was it the Lord's will to save us from hell, not only was it the Lord's will to make us a son of God and put us in the royal family of God, not only was it the Lord's will to give us a mansion in heaven, not only was it the Lord's will to bless us in this world, but it was the Lord's will for us to be awesome. It was the Lord's will for us to be a kind of first fruits. And that's very exciting. I don't know about you, but my resolution this year is to praise the Lord more. My theme for Epic 
motives for us to praise the Lord more. And when I know that that's the Lord's will for my life, that makes me want to say hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's very exciting for me. Yes, Think about that. We are the best when we are serving the Lord. Yeah. To bring out the best you in 2019, you got to serve the Lord. Amen. Because God did not save us to sit, but to serve. Yes. He saved us to serve, and that brings out the best us we can be in 2019. And we got to realize that truth. That's the first step in the new year, realizing the truth of his word. And now, once we figure that out, once we know that, hey, if we're, in the new, if we're saved, if we're walking in his ways, we are a first fruit, we are awesome, we are most excellent. Once we realize that, we got to respond to it. Now, how do we respond to that truth? we got to serve the Lord, right? Responding to the truth is serving the Lord. Responding to the truth is living through the word of God. Living through the word of God. It's very simple. It has to do, um, it's very easy, very uh, simplified for us, but we got to live through the word of God. And we see that here in James chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. He breaks it down on our life as Christians through the word of God. So first off, it's very simple on how to do this. There's three things that we need to do to bring that out, to live through the word of God in 2019. And the first thing with that is in verse 21, and that is to receive the word. Receive the word of God in 2019. Now, receiving the word is just letting Christ live through you. It's walking in the Spirit. It's Christ dwelling in our hearts. It's recognizing that without Christ, we can do nothing, but with Christ, we can do all things. Amen. Because our life is fruitful with Christ, yet without Christ, it is futile. Yeah. It's useless. We can't do it. And we need to recognize that. We need the hand of God in our lives in 2019. Look at verse 21. It says, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. It says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. Meekness is not weakness. Right. Meekness is strength. Meekness is relying on the Lord. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Yes. The only way to receive the word is to walk in the Spirit, is to receive the word of God, walking in his ways, recognizing that without Christ, I can't do anything. But with Christ, praise God, I am a first fruit. I am most excellent. We've got to receive the word of God. Walk in the Spirit. Secondly, we see here, secondly, we see here that we need to read the word of God. We need to receive the word of God, walk in the Spirit, and then we need to read the word of God as well. Look at the back end of verse 21. It says, receive with meekness the engrafted word. You see, the word for engrafted there indicates something sown, rooted, or implanted. God's word is like a living plant taking hold of the believer's life and changing his behavior. Right there we see we need to read the word of God. We can be sown, planted, rooted, strong in the Lord when we are walking in the spirits and reading this book. You Amen. see, because the Bible is the word of God. The Bible is written to his sons and daughters. This is God's message to us. If we're saved by the grace of God, if we're walking in his ways, he's got a message for us right here in this book. It's very exciting. The Bible is God talking to you. Wrap your head around that. The God of the universe, the God who knows the number of hairs on your head, who created this whole world, who has this whole magnificent plan, that God wrote this book to us wrote this book to his sons and daughters. I'm telling you right now, the unsaved cannot understand this book. The saved can. If you're walking in the Spirit, you can understand it. You're a new creature. You know this book, but the unsaved can't. They are not a child of God. They're not a part of the family of God. I'm telling you right now, it's something that we need to realize that we've got God's message for us. If we're saved by the grace of God, we're a child of God, we can understand God's message for us. That's amazing. We've got to wrap our head around it. 
It's the word of God. The unsaved cannot understand it. It's kind of like us. If we were to go to our neighbor's house and uh, grab, the letter, grab a letter from Uncle Billy that was written to your neighbor, you open it up and read it, you're not going to understand what he's talking about, <laughs> right? You're not going to understand it. You're going to be able to read it and maybe kind of get a little gist of it, but it's not going to mean anything to you. It's not going to be personal. It's going to be personal to your neighbor, but not going to be personal to you at all, so don't do that. But it's the same thing here. The unsaved, they're going to read this book. They're not going to understand it. It's not their mail. It's not their letter. But us, because we're saved by the grace of God, we can open up this book and be like, man, my Father in heaven is talking to me. My Father in heaven has this message for me. It's God talking to you. And we need to realize that and know it. It's the word of God. The Bible is the word of God. And you can say, Michael, how do you know that it's God's word? You keep on saying it, but how do you know that this book right here is God's word? It was written over a period of 1,500 years by more than 30 different authors, written in four different languages by men on every scale. Yeah. It was written by cupbearers, prophets, kings, priests, tax collectors, fishermen, the educated, and the uneducated. But from start to finish, from Genesis to Revelation, you will not find one contradiction or one error in this book. From Genesis to Revelation, you see the scarlet thread that is Jesus Christ, our Lord. There is not one other book, one other writing that can say that. That many different authors, that many different languages, over that length of time, you are bound to find some contradictions and errors. But there is not one error or one contradiction in this book. I'm telling you right now, it's the word of God. It's the light of God. It's the hope of God. It's the peace of God. It's God's message to us. It's God's message to us, amen. And you can say, Michael, that's not enough for me. You're telling me that it's the word of God, but um, that's something that you found online. Tell me, how do you personally know that this is God's word? How do you personally know that this is the word of God? Because Jesus said it was. The Bible says after the resurrection, he came upon two individuals walking and he went to them and told them that this was the word of God. Showed them that this was in fact God's word in the Old Testament. The Bible says in Luke chapter 24 verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. The things concerning himself. He expounded unto them the truth of the Old Testament. He told those two individuals and showed them why he was the Savior, why he was the Messiah, and why he was the Son of God. He expounded unto them the truth of the Scriptures because 60 different prophecies were fulfilled at the time of Christ's crucifixion. 60 different prophecies. I'm telling you right now, the Old Testament pointed to Jesus Christ. The Old Testament pointed to the fact that he was the Son of God and that he was the Savior of the world. And the Bible says that Jesus went to those two individuals and showed them and told them that this was the word of God. And the Bible says after those two individuals heard it and read it, the Bible says those two individuals said, Oh, how our hearts burns within us when he expounds unto us the truth of the scriptures. Oh, how our hearts burns within us. That burning grace, that burning truth comes to somebody who is saved, born again, who's received the word of God, walking in the spirit. He can reveal and know and respond to the truth of God because he is walking in the the spirit with God. Jesus came and told them that this was the word of God. And when I got saved, the same thing happened to me. I was saved on October 21st, 2001 at Sioux City Baptist Church. I knelt on an old fashioned altar like this. I recognized my sin. I recognized that I was on my way to hell and my righteousness was as filthy rags. I took that step. I believed on the Son of God. I asked Jesus Christ to come into my life. And in that day, just like those two individuals, I became a new creature, and I was able to rightly divide the word of truth. 
In that day, I was able to recognize and know that this was, in fact, the Word of God. You see, before I got saved, I was raised in two different homes, two different religions. On my mom's side, I was Baptist, and on my dad's side, I was Mormon. And before I got saved, I did not know which church was true. I did not know if this book was the Word of God or not. You see, on the Mormon side, they believe that this book contains the Word of God, but is not the Word of God. They believe that the Book of Mormon is infallible and inspired, and this is good, but it is not the Word of God. And before I got saved, I did not know. I didn't know whatsoever. But the night I got saved, the night I recognized my sin, and I knelt at an old-fashioned altar, and I called upon Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, Jesus came to me and told me that this book right here is the Word of God. It's infallible. It's inspired. It's indestructible. So now whenever I read it, whenever I teach it, whenever I hear an old-fashioned preacher preach out of the Word of God, oh, how my heart burns within me, amen. The same thing that those two individuals had 2,000 years ago is the same thing that happened today because it's the Word of God. It does not pass away. It does not change. We can know it because it's God-breathed. We can know it because we're a son of God. We can point people to the blood of Jesus because we're in the royal family of God. Amen. Amen. I'm telling you right now, God's word is God talking to you if you're saved. And we need to realize it. We need to receive it. And we need to read it. Amen. Amen. The Bible is the word of God. Yes, sir. So not only do we need to receive the word of God, not only do we need to read the word of God, recognize this, realize it, and respond to it, but we need to reflect the word of God as well. Look at verses 22 through 25, if you would. The Bible says, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So that picture right there is talking about somebody who hears the word of God, but is not doing the word of God. Right? They might receive the word of God. They might be reading the word of God coming to church right here, but it goes in one ear out the other. They're not actually doers of the work. I've lived that life a lot. My whole life I was raised in um, a very sound doctrine, uh, uh, true church, and most of my life it went in one ear and out the other. I I honestly cannot remember one message that my pastor preached on at Sioux City Baptist Church. Not one message because it went in one ear and out the other. I was a hearer of the word but not a doer. Hearing the word of God but failing to do it is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a mirror. That's the picture that James gives there. He's saying some of you are saved, Some of you experience the new birth. Some of you know these truths, but you're not reflecting the word of God. You're not following it. And he's saying it's like somebody who's looking into a mirror, recognizing their imperfections, but then looking away from the mirror and doing nothing about it. That's what he's saying there. His natural face is the face he was born with. His natural face is his old nature. You see, because when we're looking into that mirror, the mirror is the word of God. We're going to see some things that we need to fix in our life. We're going to see some imperfections in our life because of our old nature that we need to get right, that we need to um, confess. But a lot of us look into it, come to church, we get convicted, but we look away from the mirror and do nothing about it. And the Bible says that he forgot what manner of man he was. He forgot his new nature. He forgot the privileges 
the grace that God had for his life. He forgot that he was a first fruits. He forgot that he was most excellent in the Lord. Because when you're hearing the word and doing nothing about it, eventually you're going to stop hearing the word. Eventually you're going to stop coming to church. And eventually you're going to live an awful, wicked life. And it's going to come back to haunt you. You see what happens here happens to a lot of Christians here today. They see that mirror. In the word of God, they see their imperfections. They realize that they still need to pluck, still need to trim, still need to fix some imperfections, some problems with their face. But they look away from the mirror, and the Bible says they forget nothing about it. They forget what manner of man they were, they, uh, they was, and they leave those imperfections on them. They keep on walking. They keep on living their life, but they don't get things right. And it literally tears them down from the inside out. Right. But the Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 14, that if we abide in God's word, we will overcome the wicked one. Amen. That term wicked one, in the literal translation, it literally means something who tears you down from the inside out. That's what sin does to the Christian. But if we're abiding in God's word, if we're reading hearers and doers of the word of God, we can overcome that. We can overcome the wicked one. But a lot of Christians don't do that. They'll read the word of God. They won't reflect the word of God. They leave that sin on them, and then they completely forget what manner of man they were. And they go on their way. I think of people who have tried drugs one time, right? They get into drugs a little bit. They get arrested, and you see that mugshot on their face, and it's baby-faced, right? There's, they, they, they look like a good kid. They just made a mistake. It's all right. They just made a mistake. They see that one mugshot. They tried drugs one time, and they look innocence. It's going to be okay. But then they go into it a little bit more and they get arrested again. They get arrested for stealing, arrested for dealing. They start going into harder drugs and harder drugs. And those mugshots start to pile up. They start to pile up. They start to pile up. And then finally you see the last mugshots. And that baby-faced innocent kid over here looks completely different from that mugshots at the final one. You see, because it only got worse. It never got better. The drugs just got harder. The sins just got worse. That's the same thing with us as Christians. When we give in to sin, and when we are at church here, and we're convicted of something that we need to get right, and we don't kneel in an old-fashioned altar like this, we don't confess our sins, it's only going to grow. Yeah. It's only going to manifest until it literally tears us down from the inside out. That's what sin does in our life. That's what sin does to the Christian. Amen. But if you read the word of God, if you receive the word of God and purpose in your heart to serve the Lord your God with all of your hearts, all of your soul, and all of your mights, I'm telling you, you will be blessed. God blesses the righteous. Look at verse 25. It says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. You see, I'm telling you right now, not only is it the will of God for you to be most excellent, for you to be in the will of God, but he wants to bless you. He wants you to have a great life. He wants you to be blessed, have a victorious life in Christ, and he is giving us a way to do that. He's given us his message to us for us to accomplish the extraordinary life, for us to live a victorious life. I'm telling you right now, I haven't always lived that. I haven't lived it at all, man. There's been times where I've been such a sinner, and I'm so thankful for what the Lord's done for me over the years. Even this past year, I wasn't living that victorious life. But I praise God right now because I purpose in my heart to do that in 2019. Right now, I'm most excellent. Right now, I am awesome. Right now, I'm in the will of God. I'm serving the Lord thy God, and I'm being blessed because of it. Yes, sir. Praising the Lord 
is the greatest thing ever. I tell you what, I'm so excited to see what the Lord's going to do in my life just for praising the Lord more. I'm so excited. I want to become, man, I want to become one of those big time praisers. I want to be saying hallelujah, screaming all around because my God deserves that. Amen. Amen. When I start having these bad thoughts, these temptations, I just got to shout louder than my thoughts. Because God wants to bless me. God wants to bless you. God wants us to receive the word of God, read the word of God, and reflect the word of God. Let's do that this day. Let's purpose in our heart to make that our number one goal in 2019. Let's realize the truth of this book, man. This is God's message to us. Not one contradiction, not one error. So the promises that we read here, man, we can apply it to our lives. We can know it. We can preach it. We can teach it. We can point people to the blood of Jesus because we're saved. We know what God's word says. God wants to do a work, a work in our life. God wants to do a work in Elk Point Baptist Church's life. God wants to save your friend's souls, your family souls, your enemy's souls. God wants to bless these kids. God wants us to live a great life for the Lord. I'm telling you right now, I'm so excited. I don't want to be done preaching. I'm done with my outline, but I don't want to be done. I'm so thankful that the Lord saved my soul. I'm so thankful that I've got this church. I'm so thankful for these kids and them growing then starting to praise the Lord, man. Whoa, what a great God we serve. What a great God we have. We've got God's message for us. We can read this on a daily basis. We can read this when we're at work, when we're driving in the car, and it's God's literal message to us as believers. And if you don't think that, I'm telling you right now, do the research, study it, and read the word of God and watch it change your life. I can't believe that my God saved my soul and called me to preach and has changed me and given me the most amazing fiance in the world. I'm so thankful that I'm a God-called preacher and that I was raised in a good home. I'm so thankful for my parents. I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful for the man of God that has helped me and teached me and has given me this word of God. I'm so thankful thankful for what God's done in my life. And I just pray, I plead with you that in 2019, you just take it in, realize the truth of his word, respond to it and watch it change your life. I love you guys so much. Please, please purpose in your heart to do that. That's all I have. Amen.